Hi everyone, it's Tony Nash, back again, plugged and unplanned, and today I'm super excited because we have Sonia McDonald, a leadership guru, um, a person who has been uh, demanded to come into organizations and talk to them about leadership and about how they can think about it in a way that it can emanate through the organization. Is, is that right, Sonia? It's perfect, yeah. It's about yeah me going in there and inspiring them and really guiding them to see leadership differently, that it isn't a role or title, that is, it, leadership is an attitude and it's a mindset and it's a choice. Mm. So, and also to go out there and rock it as leaders and make an impact. I mean, that's one of the things. You, you, people end up in leadership roles, don't they, without kind of doing any degree in leadership or having some sort of certification. It's, it's something that you're experienced, so then you kind of, well, I'm going to make you the leader and... Sometimes people don't have those qualities to lead. What, what have you discovered when you, when you kind of got into organisations? Have you seen people who are in leadership positions, you go, oh my God, what are they doing there? Or um, <laughs> how, how does that work for you? Yes, I do have those thoughts sometimes. Oh, look, I think, you know, and it's so common, like as you just said, you know, I don't know if you've ever, you know, seen it yourself, where we tend to promote someone because they're the best salesperson or they're delivering the highest results in their role and therefore you know we kind of go oh you're you're doing great you're delivering such high results and let's put you into a leadership role and it's a very different skill set and they're not and then I find we tend to throw people in the deep end without giving them the tools or the skills or the knowledge to be in a leadership role and it's such a different mindset and skill set and I tend to find, you know, that's why when I go in and I work with organisations or talk with organisations and leaders about preparing people before you put them in those roles is pivotal versus just throwing them in can be really detrimental, but it happens time and time again. Mm. Yeah. So um, you've got two books, that's why you're I here. I have, yeah. So tell us about your two books. Okay, my first book is... It's, yeah, this is, this is a really beautiful book. This one is a very practical book. It's very inspiring. It's, it's very much around what I espouse around leadership attitudes. So leadership being an attitude and how your mindset and also action can, can change your world around leadership. So getting people to see that leadership can be at any level, at every level. And it's, it's just a really practical book to help people understand what leadership's about and help them to be great leaders. So that's called Leadership Attitude. Attitude. That one, yep. yeah, is my beautiful Leadership Attitude. The next one, this one's uh, very close to my heart, this one. This one's called Just Rocket. My second book is called Just Rocket. And I wrote this book. I actually wrote this book for my beautiful teenage daughter. But I also wrote it for people out there that I felt were holding themselves back or weren't seeing their inner courage or inner greatness. So I do, do find I work with a lot of people or I get approached by a lot of people and they'll say to me, oh, I don't want to put my hand up because what happens if I'm found out to be an imposter or they've been pulled down. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to shine or I don't want to take that risk or I don't really believe in myself or they lack that belief or confidence or they've been pulled down and they don't know how to be have the courage to get back up. So I wanted 
just rock it is to help people go out there and go, you've only got this one life, I want you to just rock it. But it also has a very strong leadership spin in it as well. So in the book industry, I would think of that like Lord of the Rings where you've got your first book, which is Leadership Attitude, but you've written the prequel about Just Rocket, which is actually before you become a leader. So you've you've kind of regressed back to, okay, what have I got to do to get into that level? That's interesting. So, so of the... Let's forget about the books for a second. Yeah. So of the work that you do, especially around leadership training um, and working with organisations, what what are some of the fundamental things that, while someone's listening here and I'm going to take it on myself, what are some of the first things that you might say to someone to ignite their their thinking or change their paradigm or about leadership? What is it? What is it the fundamental things that people don't do or think about that they could and that will give them access to better leadership mindset? That's a really great question. And it's something that I talk about and I speak about a lot around if I could go back in time, what I say to my younger self. And what I would what I would share with them, what I've found in all the work and research and when I've been when, even when I wrote the books, it was around having that leadership mindset starts with self. So that kind of that personal journey of that self-awareness, so really focusing on what type of self-awareness that you can do to help you understand who you are. I think the more aware you are of yourself, the more, you know, the, the more that you're able to understand like, who you are, what you love to do, what are your strengths, what are your triggers, uh, what are your values, uh, what are the things that really light that passion or what are, why do you do what you do, your purpose, those sort of things. I know they're kind of big questions, that self-awareness, I think, is key, that understanding that personal leadership. And also that at the end of the day, I think we've made leadership bigger than what it is. You know, here I am talking about leadership as an attitude. I find that a lot of people don't step up and look at leadership or, or they'll kind of look at different books around leadership or they'll look at different training about leadership and they go, oh, well, I'm not a leader, so I'm not going to get that book or, or I want to be a leader one day, so I'll get the book and I go, great. But leadership isn't a role like it, you don't have to have CEO or managing director in your title to be a leader so look at leadership as just it when we think about leaders and if you think about words and and that you know you think about when it comes to being a leader, it's about oh leadership's about you know making a difference to someone else leadership's about inspiring someone else developing someone else it's about having that integrity having that respect for others having kindness for others which I'm really passionate about these are behaviours, these, these, are, these are values and it starts with being really, I think, aware of, again, of who you are but also your impact on others as well, how you can make a difference. So I think starting with self I think is really, really fundamental and also how you can make a difference no matter how small every day to someone else's life I think is, is really important. So that's why I think... I'm on this mission now to help people see that leadership is an attitude and to go out there and be courageous within themselves and for others and be kind within themselves and to others. That's fundamentally what leadership is. It's about making a difference. Because when I, I mean, when I sit here and I'm, we're talking, I'm of course reflecting on my own leadership, um, years of leadership, mm. of which I can only um, kind of put myself into great self-judgment in the early years when I started my first company because I, I had never been a leader before. I had um, 
worked as a, as a recruitment consultant and I was never really in a leadership position. So I started my first company, a recruitment agency, and then I ended up with 30 odd people. And I was, I was judging myself while I was leading. I, I might be, might've been in a meeting, in a sales meeting, and I was talking as the, as the leader, but it was almost like I was watching myself lead or, and critiquing myself that that's not good enough or I'm they're judging me so I'm judging myself and it, I, I wasn't I wasn't that great but do you think that's true though do you think you might have been a bit tough on yourself probably but I had never led before so I was kind of trial by error learning uh, and using my my work and and my team to kind of find find my own style I guess everyone has their obviously their own style so today I've got 220 people that work in Booktopia and I've got a quite an extended leadership team and there's a board and there's all these other um, people that, that report within the organisation to me. But I, I, don't, I don't have that same kind of inner voice critiquing myself. And I think if I can share with you, is I would suggest that it's probably because I'm very clear on our mission and our purpose. And when you get super clear on that, then there's a place where you have to go and therefore you you can make decisions because you've got a very clear outcome. So I'm curious to know whether whether you whether you've noticed over the years that if an organization has has a or the leader or the CEO has a very clear clear um, destination point or direction that that makes a huge difference. If someone's wishy-washy or they're not sure or they're still kind of does that emanate through the through through the company because I, I can only reflect on what i was like in the beginning and then where i am today and today booktopia is is just has so much more uh, organizational critical mass because it's it's got a very very clear purpose versus when i started out i, I don't think i was as um as um my, my destination, although it was there, it was not as, could have been even more crystal clear. And perhaps I was even kind of being too kind or too nice or pampering, sure. pampering to the people perhaps a little bit more than being tough. I don't know, there's... Yeah, I, like, and I, I have these conversations with people around, you can be strong and kind in the same t at the same time, especially when you, I mean, obviously, I think it's great to reflect back on that time and look at the journey, you, you know, obviously, Sounds like you're being a bit tough on yourself, but you can learn so much from those times about yourself because especially when you're new in the leadership space and you've got 20 people versus now, no, you've got 220, is it is, it's really, it is, leadership's uncomfortable, you know, and especially when you're starting out in leadership, you do need to kind of find your way and your style. And again, that does take time and experience. You're not really going to learn, even though you get a lot of great, you know, obviously knowledge and skills from reading it's also you get a lot more from doing as adults and watching and so it is a journey like that's why I say to people don't be so focused on the destination with leadership it is a journey but I so agree with you around the mission and the purpose I think that is so key in leadership I think the amount of leaders that I've worked with all the amount of leaders that have approached me and I'll go okay and they'll go oh 
you know, I've got this amazing strategy or this amazing plan for my team or my business or, or you know, my organisation. I'll go, oh, great, so tell me about your culture. Tell me about your mission, your vision, your values, and they'll look at me and go, what do you mean? Oh, we're wanting to produce this product or we've got this service. We want to be, you know, the greatest IT company in Australia. And I go, oh, that's fantastic. What does that mean? Like, why, why do you want that? Or what do you value? And they look at me and I go, have you heard that term like culture eat strategy for breakfast? And they look at me and go, and some people go, yeah, some people go, no. I go, culture is everything, but you lead the culture. Like, you as the leader lead the culture through your behaviours, through your values. And the difference I've seen with leaders that have gone, yeah, this is, this is why I do what I do. This is my purpose. This is where I want to take it. And they're clear on that. Then they're able to not only they're able to bring people on the journey with them so much more, like more power. It's more powerful when they actually really clear on that. Even for myself, you know, I've noticed in the past few years around, I've been a lot more clear on my vision and my values. It's been a complete paradigm shift in my companies as well. As you know, you've probably found is I think it's really important where and also that you've got people that have got those not the not everyone has to have the same values but they believe in the vision and the mission but they also have they've got that 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 commonality towards the values as well they actually believe in the values they lead the values through their behavior within the organizations I think key as well with leaders mm. yeah so because you're here as an author yeah and, and we do have your well uh, we have your books here, but I'm, I've got your table of contents in front okay. of me because it's, I mean, th these are all like, imagine you're in a store and you're looking at the table of contents and you yes. want to, you want to work out, is this the book for me? Okay. So um, if I look, if I look at some of the chapters and I've got both of the books here, okay. so play to your strengths, uh, do you know your brand? So when you say like, do you know your brand, are you thinking... Your personal brand, is that? Yeah, your personal brand, understanding that you are a brand. So you, what your messaging, how you act, what you say, you know, what you stand for is your brand, like is your brand as a leader. Not many people would go through that process of articulating that, I can imagine. I mean, I, I guess I do it, but not through, not through a structured process. Is that what you would reckon, like, does that chapter, for example, take you through to understand perhaps at a detail what, what you could do to articulate that? It definitely does at a higher level, getting you to think about what you stand for in terms as, as a leader within your organisation or in anywhere, really. Like, what, what, do you, what do you represent? What do you stand for? Um, you know, in, in terms of saying, like, these are my values, these are my own personal values. Okay, great. How are they coming to life? How are you going about that in terms of your actions? So people know, you know, when you think about great brands, uh, I don't know, when you think about Booktopia, it's a great brand, for instance, you stand for something. You've got your, you know, and, and you make sure that everything you're doing ex internally and externally represents that brand. But it's the same as a human being. We've kind of... We've, we've got actions and words and messaging that represents who we are and what is our brand, our own personal brand. Mm. So, I mean, everyone knows my personal brand is around courage and kindness and leadership because that's the messaging, that's what I stand for. And, yeah, like the amount of people have said to me, 
even yesterday I was doing a keynote here in, in, in Sydney and someone actually said to me, oh, I was expecting you to be in red. You know, I always think you're in red. I go, okay, well, that's what your brand stands for because you always seem to be, that's your kind of your brand. I go, yeah, I think that's great that you, you think, even though today I'm you mean, blue. <laughs> you, you mean like your photos for your yeah, books and your yeah. website, it's all in red. Red, yeah, right. so they kind of go, wow, you know, we see this passion and the mm. red and we always think you're going to turn up in red and... I go, well, that's good that you see my brand that because obviously what I what I how I represent myself, even what I wear is part of my brand. So, yeah, it's just thinking about what your brand stands for as a leader. So, so here's something I want to ask you. Yeah. And, and I don't know whether you do it um, within your workshops or when you work with organisations mm. or in your book. But let's let's think about the antithesis of leadership. Yeah. And so, and someone who says, I am definitely not a leader. Yeah. Or, so knowing that you're not a leader, to me, everyone's a leader at some point, whether it's in your home, whether it's deciding to walk in a certain direction down the street and people realise, oh, that's the way to go and get the tickets to your par the parking. I mean, you've, ta you've taken a, a, a position and people are following you. Yeah. Some of them are very tiny leadership opportunities. But in the, in the workforce and in the bigger scheme, which is what you're talking about, is there also... A process of going actually I know I'm a follower and I'm happy to work for a leader who has these attributes how, how does that have you ever had to work through kind of you're in and you're out or like you how does that work how does that all play out I, look, I see what you're saying I definitely have met and worked with people that go I'm okay being a follower and gosh I, I'm a follower I'm a leader and I'm also a follower. You know, I think that it's, you know, it's again a choice. You can choose to go, you know what, I'm okay that, you know, I don't want to be out there being courageous or, you know, in terms of, you know, how you look at leadership, I just want to be a follower. But I kind of agree with what you're saying. I think that, you know, if you're a parent, you're a leader. I think that's actually the most important leadership role or, you know, I. I I, I think there's different ways that you you can you can look at it in terms of and also I find can I tell you the amount of people when things when they come across challenges or unexpected events they actually step into their leadership that's when I find sometimes you see the true test of leadership when people have things that go well I was not expecting that to happen in my life and I had to step up and lead when I never ever ever thought of it does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got fires going around New South Wales yeah, at the no. moment. So that's, I mean, depends when you're listening to this, but this is coming up to Christmas 2019. So people are probably stepping up where they wouldn't have done that before. But also um, I think of when a, when a child's, when a, when a, a child's parent who's perhaps elderly and is losing their faculties or they need to, they need to have a lot more care than they would have when that, when the, child was younger so the parent could be in their 80s or 90s and you've got to step up and take take care and take a leadership role within their health care program it could be with a with a nursing home there's plenty of opportunities in our life to lead i agree and i can assure you there is no way i would ever want to be a prime minister or a politician so i can leave that leadership <laughs> to them because it's too, that that environment is too frustrating for me because yeah. nothing gets done and there's there's a lot of talk there's a lot of uh, it's almost like sometimes where um, it's a school debate 
where, oh, today you've got the affirmative. Okay, well, we'll take the negative. And just that oppositional kind of um, environment is, is really, is really um, so foreign to me in the way that I operate because I, I work with my suppliers. I work, we work with our customers to be collaborative. What can we do together? How can we all win? And, and so win-lose environments do not appeal to me at all. And, and so good luck to the politicians and those that want to take on that because so, so therefore I'm a follower, you would say, in, when it comes to politics, I vote and whoever gets in, gets in and I leave it up to them to run the country, unfortunately and fortunately. And I suppose as well, you're, you're leading in a space where you're actually making an impact and a difference in your mission and your purpose. So that's where you're leading, whereas, you know, I, yeah, I agree. I look at politics today and sometimes I do get frustrated. I do go, really? Is that the choice of leaders we have running some of our states and councils and countries? And the amount of people that have said, Sonia, you need to go to Canberra. <laughs> and you need to go, well, I don't know if you'd be open to it, to be honest. I'd have to give Scott Morrison a call <laughs> find out. I don't know, maybe not. They may might, like, okay, like, I have met so many people that have said, no, oh, I'm already a great leader. I, I, don't, I don't need to learn anymore. I'm already a space where I know I'm perfect. Not that anyone's perfect. But I suppose it is where you can be a leader, where you can make a difference, I think is really important. So that, that's interesting because let's forget about what we can't, I won't say fix, but what we can't influence. Yeah. Uh, and let's think about your other book, which you wrote for your, for your daughter, well, with your daughter in mind, not for your daughter, with your daughter in mind, your teenage daughter. Let's think about the kids because I think as parents, the idea of us being able to facilitate, lead, um, ignite the skills that a great leader or having leadership qualities later on in life can be of incredible value, which they may find in the schoolroom, they may find in their sports teams, they may find in, in their drama classes or whatever they do. What, what is it about this other book and about um, having us parents consider the youth of today and with all of social media and all the other influences that go on, how can we plant some seeds that are going to flourish in years to come? I really love that question because uh, it's something I'm really incredibly passionate about, is our future leaders, uh, is our future generations. I think that's where today we can actually make an impact and a real difference because the challenges that they're facing are so different to what we were facing when we were their age. Not that that was that long ago, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I just think as you, I agree with the social media that's that's happening. That they're a lot more socially aware as well. Uh, I think this is why. Yeah, I, I wrote Just Rocket for. Gosh, so many, for my daughter, but so many teenagers and parents have reached out to me about this book and said that it's made such an impact with their children, with their young adults and teenagers because they are seeing, they're, they're, we're hurt. Like I was, I, the pain and the hurt I went through, through my daughter, the reason I wrote this and I wrote, and I've got my daughter's story in here, the reason I wrote 
this book is because uh, my daughter was bullied so badly at school that she left school at the age of 14 and then tried to commit suicide mm -hmm. at 14 due to bullying and cyberbullying and 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 then I was you know seeing so many seeing so many teenagers that were experiencing the same thing so many adults young adults were and I'm not saying young adults I actually uh, work with a number of adults even today around corporate bullying you know and and I mean this book isn't about bullying it's it's more around getting people to understand that just seeing that to believe in themselves, not to compare. I think teenagers are. Comp I think pe people we compare ourselves too much because of social media. We, for some reason, I am seeing just in our teenagers and young adults a lack of self belief. Um, they are worried about the future. They're seeing so many things happening around, like climate change and what's going on with politics and things, that that. I'm seeing anxiety, I'm seeing stress. And I think this book, I wrote this book because I want people to see what makes them great. You've only got one life, you can make an impact. I want them to see their own inner strengths, their own talents, that their own mission and purpose to find that. Um, I mean, this book is different to Leadership Attitude because it's a it's a, like a bit of a workbook and a book in one, but it talks about um, you know, making sure you set yourself up for success, embracing failure and not being afraid of failure and stuffing up and learning from that. It's about not comparing yourself with others, understanding what's going on in your mindset and, and looking at what, you know, your thoughts have power, um, asking for help and, you know, being grateful. I think being like being really grateful is something that I teach, you know, obviously my daughter, but lots of teenagers and young people around the power of being grateful and so yeah I, I think that our future leaders and our teenagers they they need to have that inner confidence and belief and also to to be kind to each other I think that being kind and compassionate to each other not pulling people down like I write a disclosure disclosure in this book going I don't want you to pick up this book if you're a tall poppy or you're a bully because if you're out there trying to pull people down or put people down, then I don't, I don't want you out there rocking it. I don't, because <laughs> you, you don't put people down. Like just don't, maybe they need to read this book, but it's just around that we need to, leadership is about lifting each other up to, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, if you inspire others to do more, learn more and be more, you are a leader. You know, just, it's a, but it starts with self. It starts with really being kind and compassionate and loving yourself and also helping others by being kind and compassionate and lifting them up as well. So that's why I wrote this mm. book, to help them. And do you share how your daughter navigated her way through the bullying? Does it give people kind of, not hope, but kind of like a, a glimmer of light? Because that can be really dark days for a family in terms of what you went through and what your daughter went through and lots of... Families are going through various forms of trauma, not necessarily even bullying, but just simply, they doesn't matter what's happening in their world. Their, their house could have been burnt down through the fires. There could have been a loss of a grandparent who was very dear to them. There's a lot of the, their, their favorite dog that died. It can be many things, but this is what you're talking about is finding that that inner core of, of strength that, that gives you the, the, the will to, to make your own life. 
you go into that in the book in terms of I do not so much around my daughters I do explain why I write the wrote the book because of what my daughters experience and also if I were like and I do even today share these key messages I feel have really helped shift who she is to be an incredibly young woman with so much courage and kindness so you know that everything I wrote in here was around something I could give her or anyone that's kind of going, I'm finding it tough to step up. I'm finding it tough to be courageous. I've lost my sense of self because someone else pulled me down. How do I get that self sense of self and belief and purpose back into my life? How do I lead myself in my life again? So I help them with key, key tools and, and techniques you know, I, the amount of parents that, that, like one parent reached out to me and he said his teenage son at 13 was getting bullied really badly at, at, in gymnastics and he was coming home and he was deflated and he wasn't, have, he wasn't positive about himself and he said he was really worried about his son. And I happened to know him and he said, look, you know, my friend Sonia wrote this book, I want you to read this book. And his son now said he comes home and he says, Mum, he says to his dad, I now I'm out there and I'm just rocking it. You know, I read the book. I'm feeling so much more, more, you know, I feel so much more powerful in myself and so much more confident in myself and I'm not letting these people pull me down anymore. And, and you know, and he's honestly, I sat there crying with him. This is like this man crying in front of me going, I just want to say thank you. Like, and we now use that language at home and, I go, wow, that just makes my heart sing that it made, like, and that's why I wrote the book. I thought if even one person ever makes a difference with one person, that's all that matters. But even seeing my daughter today, I mean, she turns 18 soon. I mean, seeing her come out, I mean, it's still, I still, I take each day as it comes, but she really now espouses all the messages in this book and seeing the difference in her, you know, from where she was at at 14 and we were in, in and out of hospital 30 times at least with her. I wouldn't want to wish it upon anyone. I've heard, again, so many people have approached me around their own experiences and their heartache and around when I talk about my daughter's journey and when I talk about this book is seeing the difference in her now going and she's now about to finish a diploma in crimes and justice, she wants to do social work at university next year. And this is the one that dropped out at 14. You know, I'm so proud of her and the woman she's become. It took a lot of work, but I, I thought if there's something I can do to help other young people understand that, you know what, there's so many of us that, that have stories and have journeys and that it's okay. It's okay to embrace that journey and story and go out there and just rock it. Just every time you stuff up, pick yourself up. Don't look at someone on social media and go, I wish I had that. Go, oh, I'm really glad they have that. I'm really grateful for what, who I am, what I have. Does that make sense? Yeah, Absolutely. I think that's the thing that we, those are the messages we need to be to our future leaders and our youth. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's thanks. great. That's great. The, um, I think always being able to shine a spotlight on areas that are dark is important. So when I do my keynote speaking, and I get to talk even in front of 3,000 people, I will tell them that I got 56% of my HSC. I went to university and I dropped out. 
after six months. I, I have ADHD and I've lived with it all my life. I only found out two years ago because my son was diagnosed. And so, oh, wow. And so quite often when, when I finish public speaking event, the most common thing that people come up and, sure, they know Booktopia, it's a really interesting story, except it's mostly about mental health and in particular yeah. with, with me, ADHD. And it's like, just like, thank you for letting me know. Because ADHD is actually a superpower. <laughs> it is. I know, I could see it would be. Yeah, because basically with ADHD, you do what you want to do and you don't do what you don't want to do. So if you find something you want to do, you will do it and you will do it really well. You get obsessed about it. So I'm sure a lot of the great painters, the inventors, yeah. sculptors, I don't know, they probably all had ADHD. There would be some really interesting stories to write in a book around that, actually. Because obviously, I mean, there would be a lot of people out there that is, it's a superpower. But the interesting thing for me is that when I, when I shine a spotlight on it and make people realise, ah, so he's got ADHD. So I had all these judgments and I was sitting in the audience and these are the reasons why I'm not being successful. And, and by, with what you're doing with your book, Just Rocket, and, and me and you know, thousands and thousands of other people, even today um, with, with um, sports people, just only in the last month, there's been quite a few, Glenn Maxwell, a few others who have said, look, I've, I've just, I'm taking a mental health break. Yeah. When people say that, it becomes mainstream. It becomes normal. And then someone else goes, well, I'm going to take a mental health break. And so it's, it's all, we're just shaking it all up. I mean, I'm old enough. Next year will be my 40-year high school reunion finishing. So <laughs> Really? Yes. Um, so I, I remember my 30-year and 20-year. And you see some of the, the crowd that go along was a co-ed school. And some of the guys that, I mean, I probably can't call them bullies, but they were the, they were the tough guys. Yeah. And, and they, um, they were, I won't say scary, but <laughs> I can just remember that I'd, I had no relationship or friendship with them at school. And there was no reason because I was small, nerdy, whatever. I wasn't part of the cool crowd. And, and at the 30-year reunion, it's good to see you. How's it, what's been happening and what have you been doing in your life? And it's like all of a sudden, all those years of when you were a kid and you were in yeah. school and, and you were just trying to find your own way and you, people had their own stuff going on, you didn't realise they were, they were also perhaps operating from a, from a place of, of insecurity. So to be um, more forthright, I won't, I won't use the word bully because I, when I think of them, I can't think of them as bullies today. Probably when I was in school, I may have thought that, but not, certainly I don't think of them today. So it's, it's that kind of... Bullies can only change when people like your daughter and other kids in school have a different reaction to their... Yeah. To their so whatever they're giving out... If you can come from that point of courage and kindness, then you can, I won't say melt their, their, um, their activity or their actions, but you can certainly help them consider whether that's actually serving them. It's easy to say now with a couple of adults around a table and a microphone, but 
I, I know that if I had more resources available to me in school with these people, I could react differently or have a different reaction. Maybe they wouldn't have been as gruff or, or as as um, strong-handed or as mm. or as um, as dismissive. And so, I, the more of what you're doing, yes, because that's what we need right now. We need that in the schools. Is there any? Do you know of any programs that go into schools and are teaching this or working with kids or is it is it all outside of school? I think there are. I think there are a few places. I forgot the company's name. It's actually, I think, based in Sydney. I think it's called... I mean, Headspace do some really lovely... I know my daughter went to Headspace quite a bit, but I think there are... I can send you a link to... There is one called, I forgot how to pronounce it's b-a-t-y-r um, beta or something like that there are some there are some uh organizations i look i i wish there were more to be honest i mean i know especially when i published the book uh, a lot of people asked me to and i did approach schools approached a number of schools around talking to them around this I mean I know every year I speak at Griffith University's future leaders retreat and they have like 200 leaders from all across Queensland you know from 15 to 17 year olds in this room and it's my favorite event of the year and so many of these teenagers come up to me afterwards going I really wish you can come and speak at our school because they literally go I have all these kids hugging me and crying and everything and then I, the, you know, I just think maybe, I don't know, the amount of schools I have approached, even my daughter's approached a number of schools as well to speak to them because my daughter actually has spoken at schools and she, I actually think she's a she's phenomenal when I see her speaking about it because she does speak about kindness and being non-judgmental and compassion and things like that. And so, we've, so I mean, I know I would particularly love to do more in schools and it's something maybe I'll look at at the start of next year because I think that we need to be... I think we need to that's where it starts we need to be talking at schools around this and 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 getting these beautiful children to see that leadership that that's leadership but they can be leaders at high school about helping each other and making a difference but how do they do that through being kind and inclusive and um, compassionate and having that courage so yeah I, I do I know of anyone that's really out there doing it? I'd love to know if there's anyone even, you know, that could approach us and tell us if they are, because I think we need to see more of it around Australia, around the world, to be honest. So Yeah, these um, are fundamental life skills, I, I agree. Yeah. So so in in the just rocket book then, what are some of the when I look at your table of contents here? Which is the ones that you, like, is there some subject matter or, or chapters that stand out for you? Um, gosh, where do I start? There's so many. I love focus on what makes you rock. Mm -hmm. I think that focusing on understanding what makes you rock is really important. Uh, definitely not make, don't, don't set, uh, measure yourself against others, I think is fundamental. Uh, you know, some of the other ones I think think is, you know, really great is understanding what success means to you, and that's ninety nine percent attitude. So for me, success is about significance. Uh, Just chapter eleven. Yes. Tribe matters. Yeah. Just talk about that for a second, because that's an, 
I mean, that's an interesting one when we think, because what you're talking about there, tribes are happening all the time or, or groups are happening in the workplace. You've got their own little group and people feel good in their, in their tribe. So if someone, if some, why, why does it matter? So if someone was a loner and they enjoy their time on their own, yeah. are you talking to that or are you just talking about the fact that um, don't dismiss your, your group, like your group is actually, g give your group the respect and honour that it deserves. What, what are you talking about there in terms of tribe matters? Yeah, I think that's, again, a really great question. I think for me it's around like there's a quote in the book that I talk about your vibe attracts your tribe. So it's around, I think one of my greatest lessons, well, there's many, but this is a really good lesson, is the fact that, what do they say? People are in your life either for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And throughout life, it's really important that you are, a, this is why the self-awareness is really important, I think, is that you're actually spending time with people or allowing people in your life that care about you, that want to lift you higher, um, that we're both givers. I mean, it's about how we can give to each other and help each other, not to the point where we're getting taken advantage of, but you actually have people in your life that actually make you better and that you can make better as well. That uh, And if there's people in your life that are putting holes in your rowboat and not helping you row your rowboat, get them out of the rowboat. So just get them out of your life. It's okay just to not allow people in your life or spend time with people that are not there to help you. Or, you know, does that make sense? It's mm -hmm. kind of, I mean, you probably gathered that I'm an extrovert. Uh, funnily enough though, on my weekends, I'm quite introverted. I actually really like having my alone time. And I have plenty of people, oh, do you want to spend time together? I'd say I'd love to, but I actually need some time to myself to spend some time with me. You know, and sometimes I say mental health days where I just need me time. Uh, but also, I when I do spend time with people that I love because they're part of my tribe and I really care about them, I do. I actually really invest in that because it's. I mean, we're, you know, we're social beings. Our brain, you know, obviously I love the neuroscience space. Is that we're this is a social organ, so we do need to spend time with people to connect. And I think it's really important to invest in people that you love and connect with them. But make sure that they're the right tribe and they're the right people in your life because to just rock it means that you have people in your life that want to help you rock it too. Mm. Yeah. So kind of getting the sense now that we've spent time talking together that, and when I think about a bookshop or our bookshop or any bookshop that you walk into or an airport bookshop, and you walk up to the area that is business and finance or business and leadership or business and management, there's a lot of leadership books out there. Yeah, there are. T tons. Yours kind of feels a little different in terms of your, your, um, you're integrating much more of, of, rather than like this is, this is the formula or this is the practical ways that you can lead or this is how you run a meeting or this is how you, how your organisation needs to have a mission statement and a this and a that. It, it's, very, um, it's very personal and very, but also um, very inclusive, I think, in terms of an organisation. I guess as an, an organisation has 
the word organ in it. So it's kind of like you're an organism. Yeah. In, so is that is that how you operate? Do you feel like your leadership uh, approach is different to all others, or is it similar to others, or how do you fit into the into the I guess the that category? Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, there are so many amazing books and lots of amazing authors that I follow in this space, like Jim Collins and Simon Sinek and. Um, Patrick Lencioni, uh, just, you know, John Ma John C. Maxwell. Uh, and obviously I've read loads of their books and, and you know, I reference some of their, their learnings in my books as well. I think for me, I read their books and I think they're great, but I wanted to step away a lot from the I feel, the theory or the technical space of leadership. Uh, and for me, I wanted it to be more, more insightful, more inspirational, more that when people pick, the, pick up the books, that they feel as though, I can really read this, I can really understand this. This isn't, this isn't really technical or really, oh my gosh, this is, oh, I've only read a chapter and I'm actually feeling quite exhausted <laughs> around, you know, what does that actually mean or how can I apply that? So I wanted to write something that was insightful and meaningful that you could actually apply, that had, it was about who you are and what leadership means to you or what just rocking means to you and actually how you can do that and put that into practice and do it in a way where you feel really good about yourself when you're actually doing it. Mm. Yeah. I, I kind of got the sense of that. I mean, it was, I won't say it's a leading question to elicit that answer oh, for, yeah. the, for, the, for the listeners, but there's a sense of it that if you do buy this book, there's going to be perhaps some, some unique um, insights to leadership that um, you'll you'll definitely benefit from um, if you if you choose to buy the book. Let's hope you do. Um, and if it's in a store, that's great. If it's on Booktopia, then we love you. Um, <laughs> it's actually much easier to buy it on Booktopia. Out of all the other two others, it's uh, everyone that I, everyone that asks me about the book. I mean, I was speaking at a massive event last week. And I actually was lovely. I ran out of the books and all these people came up to me and said, oh, my gosh, where do I buy the book? And I, Booktopia. <laughs> they were like, okay, great, I came to Booktopia. So, Thank you. That's, so, yeah. That's what we like to hear. But we do love it when people go into bookstores too, absolutely. Um, because oh, that's, I agree. Because yeah. they're a part of the community and we've always supported bookstores. So we're kind of unfortunately getting close to the end of our time and I cannot... Um, um, I, I cannot, sorry, that's, if you, if you can hear this rumbling, we have a warehouse behind us, Booktopia is moving books, and, and that's the rumbling, it's not an earthquake or anything, um, is, is the Me Too movement, or more importantly, just the transition that we're going through in terms of women and leadership and, and stepping, really stepping into their power and, and um, men... Um, stepping not stepping back but stepping aside for for everyone to be on equal footing how how's that starting to play out in terms of the work that you do or the conversations that you're having or um i don't know the the transition is there still is there still a lot of lag are, are the blokes still are we still trying to control everything and we've got to slap us out of out of our you know delusion that we you know, we think that we can that we can that we still have the power i mean sh surely it's fragmenting and and women are starting to see that th there is an opportunity to to grab where are we up to 
Oh, I think from my perspective, and funnily enough, I mean, you know, interestingly enough, even though, we, you know, I work across or we work across so many different industries and sectors, uh, I'd have to say historically, you know, and I, and I share it, especially with Leadership Attitude, a lot of different stories, uh, especially around the work we were doing in construction, engineering and mining, um, particularly early on when I started the company, you know, over 10 years ago, uh, is, you know, and even today, you know, still we work in quite a number of male-dominated industries and obviously I'm a massive advocate advocate for getting more women into more male-dominated industries like traditional engineering, construction, mining. Uh, again, I think it starts at school and, and university educating women or girl, young women, that, that there are opportunities and there definitely are. I, I am absolutely seeing a shift, you know, I which is wonderful to see that there are a lot of these different you know, CEOs and execs that I'm coaching and working with really are sponsoring and advocating to getting more women getting a seat at the table, which I love. I think there's obviously still some work that needs to be done there. But however, I'm still seeing, and I'm really trying to shift this, women not embracing that, that stepping up and having that confidence to go, I actually want to sit at that table. You know, can you sponsor me? What skills do I need? What tools? Like build that self-belief and confidence to go, I actually do want to do that, sit at that table because, A, I have the unique skills and talents and strengths to actually make a difference by sitting at the table. So I'm seeing still a bit of a, oh, I don't know if I can do it. You know, I can see this great opportunity there or this great role, but I only tick seven out of the ten boxes. So I won't go for it because I'm only ticking seven out of the ten and I'm like, Go for it and you're going to learn something whereas men traditionally, I know this is kind of not saying anything that no one knows about, men are like, oh, I only tick seven out of the ten, great, I'm still going for it. Women still kind of step back. So um, that's, again, I'm trying to shift their confidence and self-belief to go, you know, and even when I when I coach or I'm speaking on stage, I go, if I can do it, you can do it. But just go for it. You know, you have got your unique talents and strengths for a reason, and we do, do we do you know bring a different style as well. We need to embrace that because mm. it does make a big difference within organisations when we have got that that you know you know you know women sitting at the table when we've got that gender balance or balance in terms of any kind of diversity. I think is important, so we need to embrace that as women. Yeah. So that's good. So we're making headway. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I understand my wife is very much a perfectionist and likes everything to be, all boxes to be ticked. So for her to tick only seven of the ten, or for women to do that, it's very much about, that's very much part of their their natural instinctive kind of modus operandi. That's what they kind of do. So I get that they need to actually go, good enough is good enough, mm. and, or good enough is great enough. Yeah, seven is good, I'm going for it. I get that, and and just by simply spent. I mean, I get to work with some incredible um, women CEOs and leaders of organisations, and in the publishing industry, in fact, in e-commerce, there's a lot of women running uh, yeah. e-commerce businesses. Quite often, because they started from home and they just kept getting bigger and bigger. Now they have 60, 100, 150 people working for them because they there was no one to tell them no. They just started doing it. Which is which is awesome. So, it is it is about breaking down those um, glass ceilings that they that mm. that they also have for themselves. Not only that others have created for them. I, I t totally 
endorse that. So, no, so me too. That inner, I'm really trying to get them that inner inner courage, big time, mm. in them. Yeah, step up. So you you touched on the work that you do. It would be remiss of us not to plug your business or talk about your business. I'm sure you're flat chat and you're fully booked for the next year. But just in case someone wants to pay more for you than someone else and and they desperately need to have Sonia McDonald and your just tell us about your company and what you do and how you consult so everyone can hear um, how you how you operate. Thanks. Uh, obviously, uh, so I've got two companies now. I just started a new company. So uh, I've always had Leadership HQ. So I've had Leadership HQ now for about nearly 12 years. So Leadership HQ is going, it's kind of now transformed to be our Outstanding Leadership Awards. So Leadership HQ is going to be awards, a podcast, which we're launching next year, and also an online leadership magazine called The Leadership Review. So the Outstanding Leadership Awards that we've got the inaugural awards in 2020 in Brisbane in May, the 8th of May, it's going to be showcasing, celebrating and acknowledging kind, inclusive and courageous leaders. So different categories around CEO of the year, women leader of the year, startup of the year, future leader of the year, there's different categories. Uh, but it's going to be how they can demonstrate through their values and behaviours that they're making an impact by being kind and courageous. So we're we're really on a mission to change the face of leadership, to build more kind and create courageous and inclusive leaders. So we're really excited about that. We've got the most amazing judges, uh, sponsors, still looking for sponsors, uh, and also a great keynote speaker for that. So that's, yeah, and the, yeah, obviously the online magazine and the podcast. And also now I've started McDonald Inc. So McDonald Inc. is going to be very much focused on building organisations, teams, businesses, communities of kind and courageous leaders. And we do that through partnering. So we're very much around partnering with businesses and organisations to deliver customised leadership programs, leadership workshops and executive coaching and also cultural transformation. Uh, and the thing that I'm really, really passionate about is, I mean, I love McDonald Inc and what we're doing with Leadership HQ is my keynote speaking, similar to you, because I know you love doing that, is when I'm on stage, when I'm speaking to people in the room and, go, and getting them to really think differently about themselves and, and leadership, that, that makes my heart sing. That's something that I truly love to do. So I'm out there, again, on a mission to get on stage and talk to as many people as I can around kind and courageous leaders and leadership. How great. Yeah. How great. You live a wonderful life. Yes, I do. <laughs> but I got to tell you, it's, uh, it's definitely the most challenging thing I've ever done. Oh, right. I, never, I work incredibly hard and I'm a full-time solo mum. So uh, trying to balance that for anyone out there that is a mom, like a parent, a mum, a dad um, that is out there. Can I tell you, I, it's some days I can be very overwhelmed. Well, pretty much most days I go, okay, I have to take a deep breath, trying to balance everything and, and also try and make a difference to the world and make a difference to my daughter and, you know, build and grow these companies, but also make a difference in the impact with everyone out there. It, it's, 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 I love it so much, but it's a lot of hard work. So let's make Sonia's life a little easier. We should all buy a copy of her book because uh, that will help because then she can get more assistance so she can she, so she can not be so overwhelmed. But seriously, obviously, the books sound awesome and, 
And Thank you. I encourage anyone listening to do yourself a favour and buy a copy, but more importantly, read it and and be empowered and just rock it. Any parting words, Sonia, before we finish up? No, I just want to say thank you to you, Tony. It's actually been such... It's been a real privilege and honour to be here with you today. And I was so excited about meeting you and because and I just love Booktopia and, and just I want to say thank you for supporting my books and posting them out to everybody, which is wonderful. So thanks so much for having me today. It was Pleasure. wonderful. Pleasure. Thank you and thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.